You are Locked On Orioles, your daily podcast on the Baltimore Orioles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Locked On Orioles, your place for Orioles news and analysis from the clubhouse to the warehouse and beyond. As always, I'm your host, Justin McGuire. Well, guys, we now enter the final weekend of the season, which means the Orioles' wretched 2018 is finally and mercifully coming to an end. So while the rest of the baseball world will be looking towards the postseason, Orioles fans will be looking at what's next. And perhaps the biggest what's next facing this team is the new manager. The Orioles have not said anything about Buck Showalter's fate officially, but several media reports indicate that the Orioles have decided to move on. So today we're going to take a look at who might be the next manager of the Orioles. To do that, we're joined by Ryan Fagan, national baseball writer for Sporting News. We'll get to that in just a second. Hey folks, just a reminder. For all the original content of the Locked On Podcast Network, both the podcasts and the written content on every team, go to LockedOnSports.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Locked On Orioles. We are joined now by Ryan Fagan. He is the national baseball writer for Sporting News. Um, And Ryan, I want to talk to you about the Orioles' future managerial situation. Um, Right now, it's not official that Buck Showalter is going to be gone at the end of the year, but we know his contract is up and that we know that, um, I believe, Bob Nightingale of USA Today and some other um, reporters have indicated that they're hearing he is gone and the Orioles are going to make a change in the managerial department. So I wanted to talk to you about what you think might happen in terms of replacing Buck Showalter. We know that the Orioles are in rebuild mode now. Um, We know that Buck Showalter obviously is a veteran guy. So the question is, what sort of manager do you think they should be looking for now, knowing that the next few years at least are going to be losing seasons and that they're, they're not expecting to contend it, probably at least till 2021 realistically? What kind of manager do you think they should be looking for, given, uh, given that they're going to be a rebuilding team? Well, I think that's the biggest question, is that the style and the type of manager more so than even the, the names right now, at least until we know uh, for certain that the buck is gone, because... I mean, you look at – there are some contenders that you look at, okay, some managerial contenders, okay, well, they might be interested in, in the Blue Jays' job. They might be interested in, in different jobs. They might be interested in the Angels' job if Mike Sosha really is gone. Um, those are teams that might be closer to competing, um, and they might – they will draw a different pool of managerial candidates. You know, like a guy like Brad Ausnes, you know, has – um, obviously a lot of managerial experience and he's been known to want to get back into the manage, managing game, but is he going to want to take over a rebuilding process like the Orioles when he left the Tigers, when they were going through something like that? And, you know, it's a legitimate question. Probably not. You know, there, there are guys that won't be interested in, let's say like a guy like Sandy Alomar Jr. Um, who's considered, you know, a, a future manager who's going to be a very good future manager. He's been in, in Cleveland with, with Terry Francona for a long time now. He was well-respected as a player, but is he going to want to his first managerial job to be with a team that is probably going to lose 90 to 100 games over the next couple of years, no matter what he does? So that that is the question. Is, is it a, you know, I hate using the word caretaker um, because that's that kind of denigrates the job a little bit, but it does take a different type of approach to take a job like Baltimore's managing job than it does, let's say, a team like when Alex Cora took over um, with Boston last year or Aaron Boone took over with the the Yankees. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I've had this discussion on the podcast before, but you look at, like, the Astros – 
Uh, I mean, Bo Porter was the manager for for most of their right. you know crappy years, and then they replace him when they finally start getting good. Um, you know, Renteria with the Cubs, the same thing. So that seems right. to be the the pattern with a lot of teams. I mean, that when they're in rebuild mode, they have a certain manager who's there, and that guy suffers the losses and, and is is the one who um, kind of has to have those hundred lost seasons on his resume. And then they decided that, well, enough of that losing. We're, we need, we need to start winning. So they get rid of him and bring in a fresh face, fresh voice. So yeah, it's in a lot of ways, it is a thankless job, um, which means to me, it indicates they're probably going to end up hiring somebody who's either a, a young manager looking to get his first chance and just, you know, doesn't necessarily know where the next one might come from or a guy who has managed before, but isn't necessarily at the top of anybody's list for, for you know for managers. Uh, like you right. said, if you're a Joe Girardi, um, and the, the, I'm not not that the Orioles necessarily would offer it to him, but it, you know he's you know he's used to managing a team that's always competitive. Is he going to want to go into this situation um, when maybe he, it's, it makes sense for him to hold out for for a better situation? Um, so I think that's the that's the key. Is probably. Probably finding it's going to be one of those two categories, like I said, a young, guy, unproven guy or somebody who doesn't feel like they have a ton of options. Right, and the the, the opportunity still because there, I mean, there are only thirty managerial jobs, right? So it's still an opportunity. I think in if you're a manager or would be manager considering, um, let's say you talk to the Orioles and you interview and, and things go well, um, you look at a guy like Brian Snicker as your ideal situation you know snicker took over a situation in atlanta that wasn't ideal he was supposed to be the guy he was a long-term braves guy been with the organization forever and he was the guy to to steer them through what was supposed to be the the second second half of a rocky season and the team played so well and responded to him that he wound up getting the 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 full-time job you know and now i'm not comparing atlanta situation when he took over to Baltimore situation because Atlanta was much closer, much deeper into that rebuild process, but it's still an opportunity. And even if the next manager doesn't wind up being the manager in Baltimore for, uh, you know, six, seven, eight years when the team gets good again, it's still an audition, you know? So, I mean, while it's, it doesn't make sense for like you brought George Girardi, he's a perfect example. It doesn't make sense for him to come in there unless he just wants and craves the opportunity to rebuild something. And he sees what, what the Orioles franchise has been for, for most of its, its time that this, this contender, this, you know, this franchise that's had hall of famers that has some of the most iconic names in baseball and they've had great moments. If he sees it as an opportunity to build that franchise back to what it was, you know, then maybe, but, when you have opportunities or you know you will have opportunities down the line and you look at some of the other jobs that might be open this year, maybe next year, you know, maybe you, you think that's not what I want to do, but you know, it's for, for other guys, you know, the long, long-term, long-term organization guys, guys that have been in um, the, have been managing at a triple a level are guys, you know, like a Brian Roberts or Mike Bordick, you know, names that have been thrown out there speculatively who have deep connections to the franchise. Maybe it's an opportunity for them where they might not be as high on other teams' lists because they don't have the connections there. Well, yeah, you bring up a good point there, and that's um, there have been several names that have been floated in, in various press accounts that are um, guys who have long, you know, long-term ties to the Orioles. Um, you mentioned a couple of the names, Brian Roberts being one of them, um, Mike Bordick being another. 
uh, Rick Dempsey, even, you know, a guy who at this point, I yeah. think age wise, doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, he's got to be when he's 70s by now, um, or 60s at least. I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but um, he was playing in the 1960s. I know that. <laughs> he, started right. with the he started with the Twins in like 1969 or something. So he, he's not a young man. Um, but these are guys, you know, you know, Bordick and Dempsey have been a broadcaster for the Orioles and been around the organization forever. Right. Um, Brian Roberts hasn't had a formal role with them since he retired, but he's certainly a, a beloved guy. And his, his father was a um, longtime ba- uh, college coach with North Carolina and South Carolina. So he has kind of that pedigree and is, is a guy who's, I think, well-respected within the organization. Um, and Billy Ripken is a name that's come up as well. He's a guy obviously played with the Orioles. His his father right. and his brother are, you know, legends in the organization. Um, he's with MLB Network now. And that's, you know, that's a move that a lot of teams have made, guys, bring them straight from, uh, you know, national network kind of jobs uh, and analyst-type jobs to, to come in. So that's not an unprecedented thing. And, and of course, many... Many teams in recent years have hired guys without any managerial experience, former players who don't have any particular managerial experience. So I don't know if that'll be the route the Orioles go or not. But, you know, do you think that would make sense on an unproven guy, say a, say a Ripken or a Robert, someone like that? Do you think that makes sense? Um, do you think it matters whether they have ties to the organization or not? I think what matters most is what the Orioles are going to do as a franchise going forward. You know, what is their their plan to get better? And the plan to get better, the plan to become a contender can't be centered around who is the manager for 2019. You know, and I know you know this, but I, I think part of it is, you know, how are we going to get our, our farm system better? How are we going to get our developmental process better? How are we going to have this continuity, you know, with with so much change that we've known is coming um, after this year with some of the contracts that were, you know, in the last year and these types of things and some of the contracts, player contracts that are on the books and, and are going to be a hindrance for a couple of years going forward. You know, how are, how are the, how is the organization going to get better? And part of that, you know, when it comes to the managerial spot, it's, it's, I mean, quite honestly, it's not at the top of the list and it probably shouldn't be at the top of the list. So if that's not the issue immediately, it's okay. How are we going to get some sort of excitement back because this year was, I mean, it was in, in pretty much every way a disaster. Attendance has been, has been awful. You know, you can have Orioles players, Caleb Joseph talking about, you know, I don't know why people would come out, you know, I'm paraphrasing him there a little bit. Um, but so you need to get some sort of excitement back there. And maybe the way to do that is to have, you know, a guy like, you know, and you know, I'm not saying that I'm reporting a name of Brian Roberts, but you know, you know, as you, he's a beloved player and you have him, as the face of the franchise, the guy that Orioles fans are seeing, you know, in a uniform talking every night, you know, I think there's some value there. Um, even though you're going to live with ups and downs, you know, there are some first time managers um, who have had a lot of success and there are some who <laughs> let's just say haven't had as much success and, and didn't grow in the job as some people thought they might have. Um, but I think if you're looking at, what the major league club is going to be like next year. I think that they could do much worse than bringing in a guy who has the potential to be a good manager is familiar to the Orioles fans and stands a chance of bringing some excitement because they, they can't go through another year like they did this year. And I'm not just talking about the wins and losses, but just the, the vibe that was around the club and, and around Camden I mean, Camden should be a, a, is a great place to watch baseball. It's a great place to watch good baseball and they didn't see much. Orioles fans didn't see much of that this year. I think I, I I get where you're coming from on that. Part of me though thinks that 
given that they're going to be playing a lot of you know rookies and second year type players over the next few years you know they're 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 building up to the farm system they're not likely to uh, dip dip into the free agent market. There's going to be a lot of youngsters and not a lot of veterans yeah. on the team. Given that, I wonder if it does make sense to have somebody who has managerial experience, at least at the minor league level, or at least maybe some coaching experience. Somebody who is used to the idea of of you know teaching young players and has some experience with filling out a lineup card and that kind of thing. Because I think to me, those guys who who don't have any experience work better when they're coming into a veteran situation. You know, like like a a, a Cora. You know, who he has a veteran team, and he does, and, and the players don't have to be taught how to be major league players. You know what I mean? Sure. No, I, I get that, and that does make sense. Which is why you know it kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier: is the Orioles have to they have to have the plan of what they're doing with the franchise. You know, it has to be what are what are we doing overall to get to what our goal is going to be in two years, three years, and what what do we want to be as a franchise, not just at the major league level. You know, and and it's if you're an Orioles fan, you see a little bit of hope that it's trending in the right direction, um, even though it's <laughs> coming in incremental um, amounts. They, they you know got good returns at the trade deadline when they finally traded the guys that they probably should have traded a year and a half ago. Um, they're they're getting money to, to spend on the the young international players after giving away that that pool money for so long. So there there are pieces that are heading in the right direction um, and. This this is gonna it's gonna be interesting. I mean, quite quite honestly, I'm I'm pretty fascinated to see what they do. You know how they take it in the next direct in the next the managerial hire. Is it going to be a familiar face? Is it going to be a guy who's going to teach? And a lot of that has to do with what they want to do and what they talk about with these candidates in in the interview session and what they hear. Do they hear the right things? That you know, is it going to be let's go old school and let's do these things or let's be a teaching culture in the major league for the next couple of years. And, of course, that brings up the key question, which is always the key question to any of these Orioles things, and that's who's actually going to be making these decisions. Um, right. We have heard, again, I think Nightingale um, reported that uh, he that he was hearing um, Dan Duquette is going to be coming back. Or, uh, I've heard contradictory right. things on that. I've seen some other reports indicating maybe that's not true, and I've seen other things indicating that Brady Anderson is going to continue to have a key role, which, which really scares me as a fan. I don't think – I don't – you know the, the Orioles need to have one guy in charge, and it needs to be, um, you know, if if they want Brady Anderson in charge, then put him in charge. But you can't. I don't like this having, you know, Dan Duquette on one hand, but then a Brady Anderson on the other. That that to me is part of the root of a lot of the problems they've had in recent years. But in any case, if Duquette is the one making those decisions, it'll be interesting because it's been a long time since he's hired a manager. I mean, uh, Buck Showalter was there when he got here in Baltimore. Um, so the last last manager he hired, I guess, would have been in Boston, um, and I can't. I don't, even, I don't remember exactly what year he left there. Did he hire um, Francona, or was he was he gone by that point? I, I don't remember. remember exactly what the timeline was. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you could look at his previous managers he hired, which I think I think includes um, Felipe Alou with the with the Expos, which turned out to be obviously a good decision. Um, and see that, but I mean, again, it's been so long since he's actually made a decision like that that it's. I don't know that you can put a lot into it at this point. No, and plus two because it's such a different situation um, with with where the Orioles are now as compared to where the other franchises were. It's yeah, it's 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 going to be fascinating because it's going to be a lot of a lot of a lot of people expectantly watching what he's going to do if he is the guy that makes the hire. Um, and it's, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting, no doubt. All right, right. Well, there's a lot of other names that are floating around. 
Um, I don't know how much detail that I even know about one of these guys. Well, there's one guy, he's a coach with the Red Sox. I think he's like the assistant pitching coach or something named Brian Bannister. And his name is, I've seen floating around. And he's a guy who apparently has an analytics background. He's, you know, a pitching yeah. background. In some ways, that to me would be a really great hire. And it would show, it would show what direction they want to head in, if nothing else. Yeah, he's a guy that even when he was a, a pitcher in the majors, he was one of the first people you kind of heard talking about. Um, the, the analytical side, he was a guy that you could go in and talk to and he would tell you about his, you know, his advanced stats and, and how he was using that to try to better himself. And he's a guy that by all accounts probably got uh, as much out of his, his talent. He didn't have the raw 98 mile an hour fastball and whatnot, but he was a guy that I, I kind of, uh, you and know, that's going to do just, it for another edition of Lockdown Orders. Connecting some dots. Thanks for listening, at, and we'll see you next like time. Like a Trevor Bauer without Trevor Bauer's talent. You know, he he really understood what he was trying to do and, and how the numbers supported it and what the numbers told him that he needed to be, the types of pitches he needed to throw, how he could, you know, increase. I don't think I ever heard Brian Bannister use the word spin rate while he was a player, but that, that type of thing. So, yeah, that, and again, that, you know, not to come back to it, but that would signal a direction for the franchise and what they want. Um, if they hired a guy like Bannister, and I think that would be, you know, that would that would certainly be certainly be a step in a different direction, and and probably the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think just the, both going into you know direction of a, of a, a pitcher, you know, a former pitcher, and a guy who's been working as a pitching coach, and a guy who gets the analytics. It would, I mean, those are two things the Orioles need to embrace because obviously their pitching development has been horrid over the last two decades two decades plus, really. And, you know, I don't think they've been necessarily anti-analytics, but they haven't been at the forefront of it by any means. So right. um, it would be, I think that would be a nice direction for them to go in. So that, to me, as a fan, somebody like him would be the ideal choice, I think. A uh, young guy, first job, you know, who's going to come in and, and, and help set a culture for the franchise going forward. Uh, and not just yes, to, have not, ideas that, yeah, ideas that have idea, ideas that could get the, the the fan base excited too. Yeah, exactly, and something that could be stuff that could be implemented, you know, throughout the minor leagues too, as these guys develop. Because I mean, that's you know, you know, as, as drafting and international signings, they need to be thinking about things like on base percentage that they haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about in the past, and and that's the direction that they they need to go in, in my opinion. So somebody like that would be a very good sign that they finally get it. Um, and like you said, in some ways, this guy, that may be all he is ultimately as a symbol of what they have in mind, not rather than a guy who's actually going to be around when, when things get good again. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. right. And he, you know, he's the kind of guy that could be the one, one like a Brian Snicker that convinces them, you know, he's not just the guy for right now, but he's the guy that can, can help make that jump as well. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if he, he develops a relationship with the young players who are going to be key. Right. Um, so, well, anyway, thanks a lot, Ryan. I uh, appreciate you being on again. Um, I wish we had a. We wish we were talking Orioles playoff preview at this point. But <laughs> that that was not meant to be. And instead, we're talking no. about replacing Buck Showalter. So, anyway, thanks a lot, and hopefully, we can talk some in the off season. Great. Always enjoy, Justin.